Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 18, and we're reading from verse number 1. It says, After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who was re- who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Gladius has commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. So because he was a... Of the same trade, he stayed with them and walked. For therefore, by occupation, they were tent maker. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garment and said to them, Your blood be upon your own head. I am clean. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justus, one who worshipped God, whose house was next. Next to was next door to the synagogue. Then Cyprus and Cyprus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the mid in the night in, in the night by vision. Do not be afraid, but speak and do not be si- and, 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 and do not keep silent. <clears throat> For I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. May the Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. Now there are so many, that's just the first 11 verses of the, of the, of the book of, uh, of the, uh, of chapter 18 of, uh, Acts of the Apostles. Now from this verse of the scripture, you will see, from what we have read so far, see Paul left, Paul was leaving Athens, you know, to, for, for Corinth. And in Corinth, he met a particular couple, Aquila and Priscilla. Bible says that these people were tent makers. Paul joined them and Paul was engaged because Paul himself was also a tent maker. So they were in, you know, they were walking and doing all that. And then in verse number five, the Bible says that when Paul, uh, when uh, Timothy and Silas came to where Paul was, the, the Spirit of the Almighty God moved Paul, compelled Paul by the Spirit to testify the word of God. In other words, the Spirit of the Lord impressed upon Paul that he had to preach the gospel in that particular area. But as Paul preached the gospel, the people were not only opposed to his preaching, they even blasphemed the name of the Lord. And then Paul decided to leave and made up his mind that he was going now go, he was now going forward to be talking to the Jews. In other words, talking to the Gentiles. In other words, he was done with the Jews. But by the time you get to verse number nine, the Bible tells us there that Paul was visited by the Almighty God in a vision by night. 
The Bible told us, the Lord told him, he said, do not be afraid, but speak and do not be silent. For I am with you and no one, and no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in the city. After the vision, Bible makes us to understand that there were people who brought up a lot of issue and they took Paul. They wanted to bring him to the proconsul. That guy, the guy's name was, uh, I think the guy's name was Galu, uh, Galio. And they, they, he was supposed to be the governor of that particular city. But for some reason, Galio was not interested in what any, any petition that was going to be made against Paul. He just asked them to get, you know, kind of get out of this, uh, get out of his place. And then from verse number 18 to verse number 22, we see that Paul started doing his missionary journey and touching the places that he has visited in the past. It went from Syria to Ephesus, from Caesarea to Antioch to Gal- and Galatia to, to Phagia. He did all these things to be able to strengthen the church that he has planted along the way. And then, and then finally from verse number 24 to 28, the Bible tells us that there was a guy called, uh, there was a Jew called Apollos. The Bible said that he was a very fervent man. A man who was very zealous for the Almighty God. But the unfortunate thing for him was that he only knew part of the scripture. only knew the gospel. He only knew the repentance of John. And that was what he was doing. And then he met Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila now took him under their wings. Instructed him. They gave him, you know, he was baptized. And then he stayed with them. Eventually when he was about to leave, they gave him a recommendation letter to all the other churches to be able to go. That is a snapshot of what chapter 18 is all about. Now, the interesting thing about this particular chapter is that it opens up to see an aspect of the life of Paul the Apostle that we don't really get to see very often. And that aspect is something that many people don't even know, are not even, they don't even, they don't associate with Paul the Apostle anytime you talk about him. In chapter 18, we read, many of us, when we read the epistle of Paul, what you see is that you see a super preacher. A very, very energetic preacher. Somebody who is always fired up. Somebody who is always motivated. A man who is not afraid. A kind of a guy, that a, a kind of a go-to guy. He's the kind of person you want to have on your side. The man that is very, you know, he does a lot of things. And that's the thing that a lot of people see about Paul. Very energetic, very outspoken, very bold, very, very courageous. Willing to go to places that are very difficult. A lot of people see that about Paul. But one thing that most people don't see, there's another side of Paul that many people were not familiar with. And that is the side that is revealed to us in this particular chapter of Acts of the Apostle. I want you to go back to verse number 9 of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 18. Verse number 9. The Bible says, Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night vision. He said, Do not be afraid, but speak. Do not keep silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. Verse number 11 now tells us, and he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Now, the question that comes to mind is this. Why would the Lord be appearing to Paul, even when in the middle of the, you know, it's not that he's calling him to do something else. It was just kind of reemphasizing what he's telling him. Why was the Lord calling him? Why was the Lord giving him the instruction to keep on preaching? Why was the Lord giving uh, giving Paul the apostle the assurance that he has a lot he has a lot of people in that city? Why was the Lord talking to Paul in this particular situation? Now, for you to answer that question, you have to go back a little bit in that same chapter. Go back to verse number five. In verse number five, that is where you understand what happened, what is going on in verse number nine and ten. In verse number five, you understand the Bible tells us that the Spirit of the Almighty God compelled Paul to preach the gospel. Okay, we compare Paul to preach the gospel. In other words, as Paul obeyed, Bible says that the spirit, you know, as he obeyed the spirit of the Almighty God will continue to preach. The Bible told us that opposition arose against Paul the apostle. Now, Paul is not new to opposition. Okay, 
Opposition is not something new to him. If you call Paul opposition the apostle, she is, that's his middle name. He enjoys it. Right from day one, as soon as he became born again, the people that gave him the license to go and kill, they were the same people that were first of all opposed to killing him. They were the first people that wanted to kill him. So the guy is not new to opposition. Up to the point that, you know, in the cities where he has gone to, he has been beaten, he has been dragged, he has been put in jail. So he knows what opposition is all about. Even that chapter 17, the one chapter before we go to the one we are studying right now, Bible makes us to understand that the people who opposed him, they were not just happy that he's out of town, they followed him to make sure he doesn't preach. So Paul the Apostle is used, is no stranger to opposition. But this time, when Paul faced this particular opposition, Paul did something that he has never done before. He did something that he has never done. He said something that he has never said before. And if you look at verse number 6 of that, of that same chapter, the Bible says that, but as they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garment and said to them, your blood be upon your own head. I am clean from now on. I will go to the Gentiles. I mean, just reading this verse of the scripture, you will say, okay, Paul the Apostle is just obeying the instruction that Jesus Christ gave to his disciples when he was living. Jesus Christ said so in the book of first, in the book of Matthew chapter 10. If you read from verse number 14, Jesus Christ said, whosoever will shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of the house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. That's what the instruction that Jesus Christ gave his disciples when he was living. In other words, when you are living, when you minister the word, you cannot force people to accept or to believe it. You cannot. When you preach the gospel, the responsibility is to tell the people the truth of the word of God. The message should be simple about the word of God. Number three, what Jesus was simply telling them was that when you preach the gospel, you have no control as to how the people are going to respond. He said, when you preach the gospel and the people refuse to believe, Jesus was telling, told his disciples at that point in time, he said, what I want you to do is just shake off the dust as a testimony against this and against that particular city that you have done your best. Shake off the dust, leave it alone and walk away. In other words, you are not supposed to raise up and start fighting the people just because they refuse to hear your word. And that was exactly what Paul the apostle did. The question that happened is that when he has suffered all those particular persecutions, when he has been run out of town several times, when he has been persecuted and he has been beaten, why did Paul the Apostle not shake off his garment upon those cities? Why not? Why did he wait till this point in time before he did that? Why did he wait until this particular time before he shook off his garment and said, okay, I'm done with you guys. I'm now going to the Gentiles. Why? The man has suffered. One thing, well, the Bible did not give us the detail, but one thing, must, one thing you must understand is that the man has suffered a lot of opposition and persecution. And, and at this point in time, the Bible did not give us the details as to why he shook off his garment, but if you read from verse number 9 of chapter 18, you will begin to get an idea of what was happening there. What made Paul begin to shake off his dust and make that particular statement? Verse number 9 says, Now the Lord now spoke to Paul in the, in, in the night vision. He said, Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. The one thing I want you to look at, the very first thing, from that revelation the Almighty God gave him, was number one, there was an encouragement not to be afraid. There was an encouragement not to be afraid. And that suggests to us that number one, that Paul must have been worried about his own safety. That's why the Spirit of the Almighty God came and said, don't worry. Okay? The Lord spoke unto Paul and said, by vision of that, he said, do not be afraid. 
Which means Paul most likely, you know, there's a, a suggestion that Paul most likely probably be worried, not just for his own safety, but for the safety of the people who were with him. Number two, the verse of the scripture, the Bible said that the Lord spoke to Paul in the in in, in night vision. Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. In other words, that suggests to us that, that Paul was thinking about, okay, these guys are not, you know, these guys don't want to preach. These guys don't want to accept the word of God. I'll probably just walk away. I'll stop preaching this gospel in this area. Let me walk away. But the Lord is telling Paul the apostle, don't be afraid. Keep doing what I want you to do. Which means there is a possibility that Paul was thinking of no longer preaching in that particular city, of walking out. Number three from that verse of the scripture, the Bible says that the Lord God always said, do, you know, do not be afraid, but you, you know, do not be afraid, but speak and do not be silent, for I am with you. In other words, there is what is called an assurance of the presence of the Almighty God. Which means that there is a strong tendency that Paul might have been wondering, you are the one who asked me to preach the gospel. You are the one who called me to go out and be able to minister the gospel all over the world. Why is all this particular persecution going on in my life? Why is everywhere that I turn to, people are ready to stone me and to do all those kind of crazy things to me? The Lord is now, re, you know, through that particular vision, the Lord, number one, gave him an encouragement. He said, do not be afraid. The Lord Almighty is admonishing him, do not keep silent. Number three, the Lord is assuring him, I am with you. And then number four, the Lord is telling him that there is going to be safety. He said, for I am with you and no one will attack to hurt you. In other words, as much as possible that Paul was worried about his own safety. He's worried that the presence of the Almighty God has left. He's worried that he's no, you know, he's no longer encouraged, that there's no point continue to preach the gospel when he will continue to have this only. And then finally, in that same revelation that the Lord God Almighty gave him, in verse number 10, he said, For I am with you, and no one will hurt you, for I have many people in this city. In other words, he was trying to let Paul understand that you are not alone in this business. As much as you think that you are the one, you are, you are alone standing, you are, you are standing alone. As long as you think, as much as you think that you are the only one doing this work, the Lord is saying there are many people in this city. There are many people who are willing to hear the word of God that comes through him. There are many people who are going to be willing to walk with you. There are many people in this city. This may suggest what that Paul was feeling slowly in this preaching business. So you see the reason why the Lord God Almighty appeared to him, based on what we have seen so far, based on number one to encourage him, number two to admonish him not to keep quiet, number three to assure him of his presence, number four to promise him safety, number five to assure that there is, you know, the, assur the assurance of support. That suggests to us, number one, that the Lord God Almighty appeared to him to let Paul know to encourage him because discouragement was setting in. Not only that, the Lord God Almighty appeared to him to be able to give him instruction to keep on preaching. The Lord appeared to him to give him assurance that he was not alone in this particular business. And the same thing happened to this guy called Elijah. If you read the book of 1 Kings chapter 19, you will see the same story. Elijah had done a lot of wonderful things. Elijah had faith. He had, just, he had just defeated the prophets of Baal. And all of a sudden, a, a Ahab and the host of hell now decided to go and kill him. The man got to the point where he said, I'm tired of this. And the Lord told him exactly the same thing he told Paul the Apostle. He said, I have 7,000 men who have never bowed their feet to, you know, bowed their, bowed their knees to bow. And he's saying exactly the same thing to Paul the Apostle. He said, I have many people in this particular city. You might feel alone. You might feel that the message is not being heard. You might feel that you are walking and you are with an uphill task. You might see that you might feel that there's no result. You are not getting any result. That you are putting a lot of effort and your effort is not yielding the desired result. But the Lord is saying, I have many people in this city. 
Paul was beginning to, the Lord Almighty had to speak to him because Paul was beginning to feel discouraged. The Lord had to give him a revelation because he was beginning to feel the weight of the constant persecution that was going through him. Paul, the Lord Almighty had to speak to Paul because the persecution was beginning to get to him. The stress of constantly fighting and fighting the enemy was beginning to get to Paul and Paul the apostle knew it. The Lord God Almighty knew it and that was why he had to talk to him. And Paul himself even admitted it. If you read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, reading from verse number 3, Paul the Apostle himself agreed. He said, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. In other words, he knew that he was vulnerable at that point in time. He knew discouragement was setting in. He knew that there was a strong tendency that those things, those external forces that were pushing and pulling and you kind of attacking from every corner, they were beginning to get to him. He knew that. And that was why the Lord God Almighty had to speak to him and tell him, my friend, relax. I am with you. Nobody's going to touch you. And I have a lot of people in this city. Just keep doing what I ask you to do. And as he he did that, the Bible says that Paul remained in that same city. The same city where he wanted to quit. The Bible says he remained in that city for a year and a half. And a lot of Greeks and a lot of believers, they came to the faith. Because there were so many people there who the Lord God Almighty had purpose to reach. Now, one thing we must understand is this. From this particular verse of the scripture, there are certain basic things you must understand about when it comes to this particular Christian journey. The first thing that you will understand is that one way the enemy uses to attack your dream, your vision, your goal, and your calling is this thing called discouragement. You look around and you see that you put in a lot of effort, you put in a lot of work, you put in a lot of a, 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 a lot of energy to seeing that your dream is being fulfilled, but for some reason you are not making the progress that you expect, and there's a strong tendency that you might want to give up. That's one of the ways, one of the one of the one of the uh, ammunition that the enemy uses against these people of God. Number two, everyone is susceptible to what to discouragement. No matter how strong you are, Elijah was a prophet of fire. Paul the Apostle was a mighty minister, mighty apostle for the Almighty God. And these two individuals, we see that they had this tendency to do what? To be, they were subjected also to discouragement. Who are you? Who am I? Which means, number one, the enemy will attack everybody with, uh, with discouragement. Number two, everybody is open to that particular, open to being attacked by that particular discouragement. And then number three, the fact that God is asking you to do something does not mean that you will not face opposition or discouragement. The fact that God has called you. The fact that he has given you a revelation. The fact that he is the one that told you to do what exactly what you are doing. The Bible says that Jesus Christ told his disciples. He said get on the boat and go to the other side. As soon as they got on the boat there was a storm that came up. Are we saying that Jesus Christ did not hear the word of God correctly? No. Which means that the fact that the Lord gives you an instruction does not mean there will be no opposition. It doesn't mean that you are not going to face any discouragement. It doesn't mean that there will be no uphill task. It just means that the Lord God Almighty will continue to work with you. Number four. What we see from this verse of the scripture is that sustained opposition can result in discouragement and if not dealt with correctly, it can result in the abortion of a dream. When you take a step forward and you meet with opposition, you take a step backward, you meet with opposition. You turn right, you meet with opposition. You turn left, you meet with opposition. Every step you make, the enemy is encircling you. There is a strong tendency that when you continue to have what is called a sustained opposition of the enemy, there is a tendency that discouragement might want to set in. And if you don't know how to manage that discouragement, there is a strong tendency that you will find that your dreams may be aborted. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. But Paul was beginning to feel the pressure of the sustained attack upon his life. And the discouragement was beginning to set in until the Almighty God intervened. And then finally, unless God intervened, discouragement might destroy your calling. 
Because Paul the apostle was willing to walk away. said, I will no longer talk to these people again. I'm going to this particular group of people. He made up his mind very clearly. Because you guys are keep, you keep stressing me out. I don't want to be stressed. There are people, you know, there are people who are willing to receive the gospel. Why are you people giving me so much stress? The point we are making is that unless God intervenes in the area of discouragement in the heart of a child of God, there's a strong tendency that that particular call on that particular life may be aborted. The question now is how did Paul overcome? And how are you going to overcome that spirit of discouragement in life and in ministry? How are you going to overcome the discouragement that comes as a matter of fact that the enemy uses against the children of God? Let's go back to Acts of the Apostles chapter 18, reading from verse number 9. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in my vision. Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent. For I am with you. No one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. And it continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. From this verse of the scripture, we see that the man or the woman who will who will overcome discouragement and be able to fulfill the call and the dream of God for his life is number one, the man who can hear from God. Has to be a man who can hear from God. The Bible says that Paul received a vision for of the night. The Lord God Almighty spoke to Paul in a vision. If Paul did not receive that vision, what would the story be? If he had not heard the word of the Almighty God, what would the story be? The Bible says that when the children of Israel were leaving the, were leaving the land of captivity, and as they were going, the river, the rest was in front of them, and the, the Egyptian army was behind them. The Lord God Almighty said, the Bible tells them that Moses had to ask, the Lord God, what is going on? And the Lord told him, just lift up your rod and stretch it. And I've asked the question here several times. What about if Moses did not hear that word? He would have been toasted seriously. And that's exactly the same thing. When you are going through your area of discouragement, when you are going through your season of discouragement, the only way you can overcome it is when you are able to hear the voice of the Almighty God. Discouragement will be very, very difficult to overcome if you have no idea what the Almighty God is telling you. If you have no idea the direction of the Almighty God, that the, that the direction the Lord Almighty wants to steer you. If you are going through a very difficult time and you are wondering where is the Almighty God and you don't know how to hear, and you don't know how to hear Him, discouragement, if you don't take time, will cripple you if you don't know how to hear from the almighty God. If you don't know how to discern his word from his spirit. If you don't know how to discern his word. If you don't know how to understand what the spirit of the almighty God is saying. There's a strong tendency that that discouragement will do a lot of damage in our lives. Number two, how do you overcome it? The man who will overcome discouragement, number one, has to be a man who hears from God. Number two, it must be a man who receives clear instructions from the spirits. The Bible told us, the Lord God Almighty spoke to Paul. He said, do not be afraid, but speak and do not be silent. In other words, there's a strong tendency that Paul would have stopped talking. Paul would have probably stopped preaching. He would have probably given up. But the Bible says that he received a clear instruction. Which means what you are doing is what I want you to do. I want you to continue doing what you are doing. It may appear as if you are not making any impact. It may appear as if you are not moving forward. It may appear as the whole world is deserting you. It may appear as if you are wasting your time. You are wasting your money. You are wasting your resources. But the Lord told Paul the apostle. He said keep doing what you are doing. And he's saying to you right now. In the season of discouragement that you might be. The Lord is saying keep doing what you are doing. Because it is in doing that. That the power of the Almighty God will be made manifest in your life. So the man who will overcome discouragement, number one, must hear from God. Number two, must receive clear instruction. Number three, he was a man who is aware, who he, you know, he is a, a man who has a renewed assurance. A renewed assurance. 
There is a strong tendency that when you have been doing something for a while and the vision is not renewed, there's a tendency for there to be questions to begin to come in. You begin to challenge, you, be, you begin to wonder, have I heard uh, when you have only, when it's been a while since the Almighty God spoke to you, begin to wonder, did I hear correctly? Am I still in, am I still in concert with the Almighty God? Am I still doing what He wants me to do? But when you receive a fresh assurance, uh, it turns the situation around. In verse number 10, the Bible tells us, uh, it says, I am with you and no one will attack to hurt you. There was a a renewed assurance by the Almighty God, given to Paul the Apostle. There was an assurance he received when he became born again in the book of in Acts of the Apostles, chapter nine. Now in Acts of the Apostles, chapter eighteen, there was a renewal of that particular assurance. And the Lord is not doing this for Paul the Apostle alone. If you look at the death of Abraham, you will see every now and then the Lord God Almighty will ask Abraham. When Abraham started wandering and he started missing the mark, he will call Abraham out and say, "Abraham, step outside, count the stars, and tell me if you can count it. Look at the world. Look." At the, look at the sand on the seashore. Can you count them? In other words, it was renewing the vision of Abraham every now and then. And unless the Lord renews your assurance, uh, discouragement will set in. Unless he tells you that I called you and he renews the vision and he tells you exactly, this is what I've asked you to do. And I want you to remain steadfast uh, and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z for you. As long as he renews that vision, the discouragement has no place in that kind of a heart. But when you cannot hear him, when you cannot receive instructions from him, when your assurance is not renewed, there is a strong tendency that discouragement will do a lot of damage to that particular core or to that particular life. And then finally, the man who will overcome, the man who will overcome discouragement is a man who knows that he is not alone. A man who knows that he is not alone. In that same chapter, verse 10, the Bible says, after the Lord Almighty said, I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you. I have many people in this city. I need men, there are many people in this city who wants to hear you. There are many people in this city who has to, who you have to minister to. There are many people in this city who need the ministry, who needs your calling, who needs your talent, who needs your wisdom, who needs your visitation, who needs your helping hand in their life. I have so many people in this city either to help you or to be helped by you. You are not alone. And that is exactly what the Lord God Almighty told Paul the Apostle and he turned everything around. The same thing he told Elijah and he turned things around. The same thing he told Obadiah. When it was, you know, when it was, when it was running up and down, you know, running away from the, from the wicked king, the, the idea that we're saying here is that the man who knows that he's not alone is not easily discouraged. When you know that you have resource of heaven, when you know you have access to the treasures of heaven, when you know that God is not going to leave you hanging, when you know he's always by your side, discouragement has no power over that individual. You might be walking alone, but you know that there is a God behind, beside you. You might be doing the things that might not be giving the results that you expect, but you know that the Almighty God is there. The man or the woman who will survive discouragement is the one who knows that he's not traveling alone. He might appear to be alone, but he knows that he's not traveling alone. One thing I want you to understand, my brothers and sisters, is this. The only way you can hear from God, the only way you can receive a clear instruction, the only way you can receive a renewed assurance of his promises in your life, the only way you can know that you are not alone, is when you spend time in his presence. When you spend time in prayer. When you seek his face continually. You will never receive instruction when you are away from your prayer altar. You will never receive a renewed assurance and know that you are alone when you do not know how to call upon his name. And that is why we will all face challenges 
at one point in life, at one point in time, discouragement is going to come. At one point in time, the challenge of life will seek to overturn your life. The thing that we ask, the question that we ask you is, when that happens, what will you do? Bible tells in the book of Psalm 121, reading from verse number 1, it says, I will lift up my eyes up to the hills, from whence come my help. My help come from the Lord. Who, who made the heavens and the earth? He will not allow my feet to be moved. He will not keep, he who keeps, he who keeps me will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is the shade at my right hand. The sun shall not snag me by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve me from, e- from all evil. He shall preserve my soul. The Lord shall preserve my going out and my coming in from this time for and forevermore. The question this evening is when discouragement comes knocking at your door. When you appear, when you are walking and there seems to be no result, when things are not moving the way you expect it to move, when opposition is surrounding you all around, when discouragement is now beginning to encircle you and trying to snuff out life out of you, what will you do? Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Thank you.